All right, first, uh, first Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. You don't have to turn there because I have it written down here. It says this, and this is a theme verse for our series that we're starting today. It says, may the Lord make your love increase. God wants our love to increase. It goes on to say overflow for each other and for everyone else. And so the Lord wants to have our love to increase. I don't know wherever your love is at, but in 2019, as we go into 2019, God wants to raise the level of your love. And so today we're going to start a series, and the challenge to start this new year for us is to have the Lord to increase our love in four areas. Now, we have them over here on our, on our uh, banner here, four areas that we believe the Lord wants to increase our love. The first one we're going to talk about today is our love for the church. So, and I'm excited about speaking about the church, and uh, it's uh, a blessing to talk about the church and what it's a blessing been to us so, and then next week, we're going to talk about our love for small groups. And then the third Sunday, our love for serving in the ministry and our love for mentoring others and uh, going into discipleship on the last Sunday. And then in February, we'll be focusing on um, worldwide missions and talk about missions emphasis in February. And so that's coming up in February. But the goal in this series, as we think about this, is that we might be stronger a stronger follower of Jesus Christ, that we are maturing to be more like Jesus. Today, I'm excited as I look at the, the thought of speaking about the church and our attachment to the church and uh, that our love may increase for her. The older I get and the more I am convinced that God has given us a precious gift that it's undervalued called the church. It's a vehicle that God gives us. It's a gift to us, ordained by Jesus Christ, that moves us forward in our spiritual growth. Now, as Joe said, certainly Bible reading is absolutely connecting with God's Word. That's what the church is built upon, God's Word. Those are all. And the church is a vehicle that helps us. For example, the church last year, at the beginning of 2007, we have a challenge to read the Bible. The church did that. The church came alongside each of us and challenges and encourages to get in God's Word. I don't know about you, but I didn't find that uh, nowhere in, uh, in any area of my life. My friends, my neighbors didn't come over me and challenge me to read God's Word. But when I came to the church, it challenged me to read God's Word. It is a vehicle that causes and helps us in our spiritual maturity. Now, I'll be as bold to say this. You cannot, come, you cannot become what God intends you to be unless you belong to a church family. It's important. See, God never intended us to be floating believers, to float here and there. He wants us to grow roots and in that process of grow roots, we mature. And in that process of maturing, that we have fruit because of the roots that we grow. Now, I want to say this. I appreciate <clears throat> those <clears throat> that have been with uh, Somas Community Church for years. We have a depth to, to recognize and honor you. I think of Cindy and Al Lopez, and the Richards' sons. I think of uh, 
others who have been here for many years. Joe and Debbie and the Richardsons on the halls. Thank you, Richard and Constance. My goodness. They're not floating believers. And 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 as such as those Christians that have made that commitment that has caused and has made this church to be here today. And I know know there's a little bit of their story. And they could have easily been persuaded when things got tough, when things became where it looked maybe a little bit brighter at another ministry. But they stuck it out. And we appreciate the blessing that they have been because they decided and they determined that this is the place that God had set them and that they were going to grow roots and that God was doing something even though they didn't see it at the time, but God was doing something. That's the kind of a Christian that I want to be. If you know anything about God, you know that he is into covenant personal relationships. And that is the strongest of all commitments a covenant that tied by that agape love, that there is that commitment that uh, I am going to be there for you as God promises to be there for us in our life. So this morning, we're going to increase our love for the church, and we're going to focus on primarily, we're going to focus on something, and I know that this may be um, touchy for some, but we're going to focus on church membership. I'm going to ask you, some things as we look at uh, church membership. First of all, is it biblical? What does Jesus say about the church? Is it necessary for my growth? Why do I need to join the church? I have Jesus. We often hear negative comments concerning the church. We hear things like the church is corrupt or it's just about money. You heard that, haven't you? Oh, they just want your money. They pass that plate. They ask you to give and, and oh, those things. It's a man-made business. It's a, it's a religious scam. It's a racket. Now, obviously, there are some cases where that would apply, but not for the New Testament church and not for this church. I don't believe that for this church at all. Some may say, well, it's about the pastor's ego, or it's, uh, some would say, well, I love Jesus. It's the church that I have problem with. You ever heard that? Recently, I saw on a Facebook post, <clears throat> said, you can praise and follow God anywhere, and they're talking about a church discussion, and he says, you can praise and follow God anywhere, no church required. Now, I thought about that. Is that a biblical statement, no church required? Can I follow Jesus? Can I be a follower of Jesus and yet not uh, belong to a church? And I will be transparent because I know the church. And I, have, I have history of church. You know, I, I was born <laughs> um, symbolically into a church. My dad was a pastor. I had, my diapers had crosses on them. I was so church. <laughs> I, was in, I was in a church nursery The church doesn't have a stellar reputation. I'll be the first to admit. But you see, because the church by design is filled with broken people like me, (laughs) 
we're just learning how to walk with Jesus. We're imperfect. And so the church is going to be imperfect because we're imperfect. Someone said this, he said, uh, when you find a perfect church, don't join it, then uh, don't join it as then it will be no longer be perfect. <laughs> That's true. We're just trying to figure this thing out in life. And you may come here and you only see us on Sunday morning. We have our best, you know, front on. And we, uh, we, you know, we're here and we're singing praises. And, and you may not see us Monday or Tuesday. We're just figuring out life. And if you're just trying to figure out life, hey, you're at the right place because that's what we're doing. We're just a church that we're trying to love Jesus. We're doing our best and we're growing and we're not perfect. And it's the beautiful thing in that imperfection in, in bringing us together in that imperfection, God raises and works and molds and processes to make us to be more like Jesus in that imperfection. So the first thing I want to do is I want to give you some biblical evidence for church membership. If you're not a church member, I challenge you to grow in your love and belong to a church, increasing your love. If you're a church member, maybe your love will increase for her. You know, as we think about these things, and you may say, well, you know, there are, are things that you're just saying because of your, for your benefit. I say these things for your benefit and not for mine. This isn't about control. This isn't about, but it is a, it's all about a desire to see each one of us flourish. And I tell you, I tell you that from the scripture and from my experience, in my own life, is that the church is a vehicle that will cause you to flourish and grow in Christ. Let's first understand the heart of God towards the church. When God speaks of the church through the scriptures, we see that she is something very dear to the heart of God. We won't turn there, but in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, it says that Jesus purchased the church, and he purchased his church. What did he use as far as money, as far as purchase? He used the church with his blood. His blood. This is a serious matter when we think about the, what the Jesus purchasing the church, and he used his own blood to purchase the church. And to what value could we give the blood of Jesus Christ? When you, when you think about this, when you understand that question, then you understand the value God, God has placed on the church. The point is we need to be so very careful in how we view and treat the church. <clears throat> so let's move into the scripture and talk about church membership. Is there a basis for this? Is, is the scripture, is there something that tells us that we ought to be connected to a church body? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 18. Here's an interesting scripture in Matthew chapter 18, and in verse 15, it says, and then this is talking about church uh, discipline. And so what I'm telling you this, as we look at the scripture, church membership fits church discipline. I'll show you, all right? It says in verse 15, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, 
let him be to you a heathen and a tax collector. So we hear of a situation. If there's a, somebody that is in the church that is in, uh, immoral or doing something that is not what a Christian should do, then there is a process of confronting that individual. The process is very simple. A two or three, but go to that individual and says, listen, what you're doing is not what becomes a, a Christian. You're not following Jesus Christ in this. And so there's this talk. And if that person does not repent, does not change his way, but continues on in that sin, and then it is said that it is to be brought before the church. So here's where church membership fits is that when he's brought before the church, then it is, is told to the church. And so it would make sense that, there was, that this was in a church context, that there was, there was a membership and that there was something that would be told to the church. And who's going to tell? It's going to tell to that local church where that church, where that person is a member of that church. It's not going to be told of your to the churches in Ventura County. It's not going to be told to the churches in Los Angeles or the churches in Washington or Oregon or wherever, but it's that church where it is told. Now understand when we talk about church discipline, the unrepentant one must be treated as we should treat a heathen and a tax collector. His status or position in that local church has changed because of their unwillingness to repent and consequences is disfellowship is a separation of fellowship from that local church. But at the same time, the purpose for the church discipline is a good ending. He or she is to be treated like an unbeliever or tax collector with great love, with the goal of bringing about a full repentance and reconciliation. There is this reconciliation. There is this coming together. There is making things right. The church discipline is motivated by a tough love. And listen, for this to be carried out, church discipline implies church membership. If there's no membership, how do you carry out church discipline? And this isn't talking about salvation. This is talking about belonging to that church. Let's go to another passage of Scripture because when we take this from church uh, church discipline to a real live example in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and Paul is dealing with an issue here, and it is an issue, and, and I call this, the 1 Corinthians 5, is the in and out, or in or out, all right? In or out, in and out, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we've, we see this term, we, we see there's the in and there's the out, and so chapter 5, when we begin reading verse 1, is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man have his father's wife. And it says that this church, as he writing this letter to the church at Corinth, and it is a church that's directed, if we, if we just start at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it's a letter written to a church, a specific church, and there's a specific need, uh, thing going on here that's wrong, and Paul is addressing it. He was the one who started this church. And he says, you are puffed up in verse 2 and, 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 have not, uh, and have not rather mourned that he had done this deed might be taken from among you. For I indeed am absent in body but present spirit and have already judged as though I were present him who has done this deed. 
In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together along with your spirit, so there's that assembly together, when you come with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ in chapter 5, deliver such one to a Satan for the destruction of the, fan, of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And so what it's saying is that you disfellowship, that he may be t- overtaken by this, this sin and, and put in uh, uh, in a place where he is going to be susceptible to Satan and he's going to uh, go to a place that's going to be bad for him. But in that process, he will come back and uh, be restored. And we go on in chapter, in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, Paul addresses this again. But let's go on reading. Your glory in verse 6 is not good. Do you know that a little leaven leavens a whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you might be a new lump since you truly are leaven. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep with sexual immoral people. The reason is because if you hang around those people, they are going to affect you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And their sin can become your sin. And so you just separate them. And Paul says, here you have this individual. He said, yet I certainly did not mean with sexual more people of this world or with a covet or, or extortioners or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. Paul is saying, you know, listen, as a Christian, you're going to be in the world and the world is corrupt. And so, and so you're not going to be able to come out of the world because you're in the world. The world is corrupt. And so, but he's saying, let's talk about this church fellowship. He said in verse 11, let's look at this. But now now I've written you not to keep company with anyone named a brother as a Christian who is sexually immoral or covetous or an adulterer or reviler or drunk or extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those who are without who are outside. And Paul is saying, what he's saying is, he said, I don't have to judge those who are outside. They're, Christ, they're, they're not believers. They're, they're heathens. They're without God. And they're going to act that way. This is what the, I mean, that belongs to God. He said in verse uh, 12 again, do you not judge those who are inside? The out, the in. Do you not judge those who are in? And there's this accountability. There's those, a judgment that yes, if a person is in the church fellowship and is in wrong, then we're to go to that person and we're to, to do the Matthew chapter 18. And eventually, if they just choose not to repent, then they are to be taken out of the fellowship. But those who are out, verse 13, but those who are outside God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves this evil person. It's a real example of church discipline. Clearly, Paul is writing to a local church there in Corinth. And he's seeing here. And we see that there is accountability implied in a membership list. There's applied that they could be in or you could be out of that church fellowship. If there isn't a church membership list, how do you set someone out who is not in? How how do you set someone out? Okay, they're in, but now we're going to set them out. It implies that there is some kind of church membership, some kind of belonging to that church. You can be in church and you can be out of church and still be a believer. And they're, they're out of that fellowship, the church. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. 
Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. It says in, in this verse, it says, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, consider the outcome of their conduct. Church membership makes it possible to remember your leaders. And so there's, there's a remembrance. They, they spoke in the word, and we're to consider their outcome, and we're to watch it. And, and, and because of that, we can follow them, and, and we can remember them because of that local church. This implies that the relationship is definable and organized, that there is a relationship that we are to follow and to be accountable to. Listen, there are our church leaders all over Ventura County. Are we to remember every one of those church leaders? Are we remember to no? It was in the context of the scriptures of the church is that local church membership best fits here. See, our job is to remember those that are in leadership in the church. And my job as a pastor or pastor's job is to go before the king of kings one day and give an account and how I loved and fed the flock that God has made a pastor uh, overseer. Is that, that is our accountability, that God will hold us accountable in how we do that. So this implies the relationship is very definable and, and uh, organized. <clears throat> Let's turn to Acts chapter 20. I want to look at two more verses here in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. We read here an account of Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. And it tells us in verse 28, it says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And he's talking about individuals. And, 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 and as, we, as we read here, it says that church membership defines the people a pastor is accountable to, for. As a pastor, I give an account for, for those that are God has made uh, uh, to oversee. And I, I don't have to give an account for every Christian that, that comes through, for every person that, that is in Ventura County. I have to give an account for those that belong to Soma's Community Church. God's going God's to call me an account, and he's going to say, how well did you love the people and the members of Somas Community Church. How well did you uh, uh, fed them? How well did you minister to them as a pastor, as an under-shepherd, under the great shepherd Jesus Christ? It is to those who make a commitment to join Somas Community, those who I have to give an account Let's read that verse again. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. <clears throat> then I want to give you a, a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that talks about the word member. Now, the me word member is used lightly. And sometimes we have a confusion because when we think of a member and we think of a church member, we sometimes are confused by what we know uh, today as a member. 
So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. It says, for as the body is one, has many members, but all the members of that one, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. <clears throat> Church membership is implied as a body part. Now, I've heard this before. The church membership is, you know, you're talking like a Costco membership. The Costco membership is, is a, a, you pay a fee to get a benefit to go to Costco and to stand in line with a, a million people. You know what I'm talking about? Do like Costco because you can go in there and get the free treats, don't you? Those little snacks. You know, I love that. You go in there and you, you get a little hungry and you just do there. And then the Costco hot dog, man, you can't beat that deal. Church membership is applies a body part. Church membership is not like a Costco membership. It goes way deeper than that. In fact, when you take the word membership in the Greek, the Greek word members is a medical term. It's a medical word. Now get this. It, it, it's reference to a limb or a body part. Let's, let's talk about it, because it, it reference to the hand. So when we talk about members, we talk about like the hand. How is important? How important is your hand? Well, that's pretty important. And, and so the, the hand, th this is the way members, and the word members is used every time in the New Testament, this medical word. It is used every time. It isn't, it isn't like joining this club. It's more than that. It's a member. Now, you got to get this. This is the way members is used every time in the New Testament. Church membership is like a hand or a foot to the body. It's a life-giving connection. It's a life-giving connection. I don't know about you, but my hand, if I cut my hand off, it's not going to survive very long. I remember one time on July 4th, um, growing up, there was this kid across the street, and he was making his, his own homemade Fireworks. Now, right there is a recipe for disaster. A teen with a, with a bunch of gunpowder trying to make his own. Or, well, he, he would take the gunpowder and he'd pack it into this little tube there. And he packed it in too tight one time and it exploded with his finger in it. And he immediately drove himself to the uh, hospital and... Um, uh, we were asked to go over there and see if we could find any part of that finger to take so that they could sew it back home because that finger was not going to survive without the connection to the body. You get what I'm saying? This is a heavy word. This is a deep word. When we're talking about church membership, it's implied as a body part. A body part that doesn't that, that, that must stay connected, that must be connected to produce health, to have that life-giving connection. A body part that doesn't want to connect with the body is unhealthy. It's foreign to the body, and it will die. It'll suffer because of that. But member thrives with the connection to the body. It goes on, Paul says this, and this is a great chapter. We won't take, take time to read it, but God, it says in verse 8, God has set on purpose each one of us in the body. He has called you and gifted you, and he has placed you, and he wants to put you into a church body. He has gifted you for that special niche, for what that church body needs. And we do need each other. We do need each other. 
Church membership is so much more than paying our fees to receive a benefit. It's a life-giving and life-sustaining. Church membership connects us to the body of Christ to receive our spiritual nourishment to mature. You know, when you look at the New Testament, you read the New Testament, the New Testament, after Jesus created the church in Matthew chapter 16, and as you look and you go through, every Christian in the New Testament was part of a local new church. The church epistles were written, and Paul, when he would go, and he was going to reach a community, you know what he did? He established a church to reach that community for the Lord Jesus Christ because he knew that when people come to Jesus that they needed the church to grow, to go forward in a relationship with Jesus. My friend, there's no such thing as a long ranger Christian or an independent writer. God has no orphans in his family. At the spiritual birth, he leads people, he leads, he leads to place them in a church body. He wants that because he knows that's important. Who, who among us as parents would have a child and then not connect them to our family? We know that that is important. The same thing is true in the spiritual family. A church family is to have the strongest covenant connection. When we sneeze, <laughs> we all say, bless you. When we hurt, we have such a connection, we all hurt. When we rejoice, we all rejoice because of that strong connection. Let me give you, in closing, our response to the scriptures concerning the church. And may I say, as we think about this, this is not any church. It's not the universal church that we're talking about. The local church is implied to be exhibit what the universal church is to, to be. We, we were talking about uh, our church, Somos Community Church, or the church that you might belong to, or perhaps one day will belong to. Let me give a response to what I believe uh, to the scriptures concerning the church we just read. First of all, value the church as much as Jesus did. Oh, my friend, don't be little, be light. This is not something that's man-made. Though you see men that are and women that are in part in leadership and putting it together, but understand that it's, it's organic. It's not an organization. It's a body. It's, it's, it's a body. It's not just some club. It's something that's so divine that God started the church when he was here, and it continues to go forward. Uh, among us as, as believers. Value the church as much as Jesus did. The church is not to be a peripheral object. It is the center of God's eyes, and it should be as well as ours. The attitude of Christianity today is that I have Jesus, and I can take or leave the church. It doesn't matter. I don't need to join a church. I don't need to make a commitment to a church. My commitment is with God. Here lies the primary issue. That we, can, that we say that we can separate the church from God. But my friend, you can't do that. That the groom and the, and the church or the bride are, are inseparable. They're, they're together. They're one. They're meant to be that way. Neither can we separate the body from the head, the head being Jesus Christ. They are inseparable, the church and God. We cannot separate 
the church from God. And she is very dear and close to the heart of God, as precious as the blood of Jesus Christ, because that's the price he paid for the church. And I believe Jesus is proud to be her groom. He's not ashamed to be identified with us. He one day looks forward to coming and taking us on home. He is proud of Somos Community Church and even all the imperfections that we have had and will have. He is still proud to be part of this church, to be the, called the groom of this church. Value the church as much as Jesus did. Secondly, very simple, very practical, be a church member. Be a church member. And listen, my friend, for you to grow and to your flourish, and that is our heart, is that we want you to become more like Jesus Christ. We want you to mature in your We want you to make a connection, a commitment, a covenant relationship with other believers. We believe that is healthy for us. It's healthy for you. Let's go past the dating relation and make a commitment that this is going to be my church home. And listen, if you say, well, this isn't my church home, then find a church home. We bless you. We pray that you'll find that place. If this isn't the place, you say, well, I don't like the, the way Gary Jane looks, the way he talks. I don't like his hairstyle, whatever it is. I don't like that. Then go and find that we bless you. We want you to be there. Listen, we love you, and we hope that you do make this your home. We do want you to join. We do pray that we'll be together and serving God together. And we need your gifts, and I think you need our gifts as well, the relationship. But it'd be better for you to leave and go to another church where you can be committed, where you could grow and flourish. Because if you just be a tender... Your Christianity, your growth in Christ will be uh, not as it could be. And so I encourage you to be a church member and then support your church. Oh, that's your resources, your gifts. We talked about that. We've already mentioned that. Give your tithes and your offering. Do that. Uh, you know, you say, well, it's about your money. It's not about your money. It actually, in tithes and offering, as again, it, <laughs> it's a healthy thing for you. It blesses you. <clears throat> and then number four, align with the purpose of our church, of a church. It's the Great Commission. Every church is a hub activity for God to reach the world. Every church has the potential to reach the world. And that is the goal of every church, to reach that community, not only in that Jerusalem, but Samaria and the other parts of the world. That is the Great Commission. And number five, protect the church. We can protect the church. See, what do you mean? You see, there is an attack on Satan, and, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. <laughs> That's how powerful the church is. But we must protect it from the actions that we do or the things that would come in, and we need to stand up for her, protect her. Let's bow our heads in prayer. as we pray. <clears throat> Gracious Father, oh, how we need you. 
You know what we need to become a growing follower of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the precious gift called the church. May we value her as much as you do. May we appreciate how she makes us mature in Christ. May we support her with our resources and gifts. May we love her as any groom would love his beautiful bride. We thank you for the Somos Community Church. We thank you for the churches that are in our city and Ventura County and around the world. You have loved each one of them. And you love us. You've been faithful to provide for our church and to adorn her with blessings. She is most beautiful. We appreciate, God, what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.